0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash Boss Project for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash Boss Project for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Like the rest of the nation, we are currently obsessed with the new, hit, new hit show on Netflix, Love is Blind. And we wanted to... Pick apart why we think this has been a viral sensation that has hit our country in a matter of two weeks' time and what our biggest takeaways are for your business, which I know seems a little... Different, but I promise you, there's a lot to be said about what's going on behind the scenes in this show. It's been less than two weeks since it dropped on Netflix. Emily and I are all cut up. At the time of this recording, the finale has not yet been released, so we do not know who gets married. But I will exactly. tell you what
1: there are spoilers ahead, by yes, the way. Yes. Yes. Like, so if you haven't up. watched, then you, you might want to pause it. Spoilers, please. So do you care about spoilers? Are you that kind of watcher? Oh girl, I cannot handle it. I do not want to know
0: on any of the things I even when you watch scary things. I don't watch scary things. Um. <laughs> I just refuse to watch scary things, but legitimately. Okay. So like even for movie trailers, yeah, I will watch, and I have this rule with Jared, I will watch enough of the trailer to know if I want to watch it. And as soon as I've Decided, I want to watch it. I immediately have to turn the trailer off.
1: See, I'm the person who now I might not want spoilers about Love Is Blind just because it's so you know it's reality TV. It's light. It's you know I'm emotionally invested, but not like a ton. But for scary things, so like we watch even not that scary, but like we watch Stranger Things or we watch. Mine hunter or we, that's a bad example. Cause it was based off real things, but like shows that are kind of drama like that. Mm-hmm. I will pull up sometimes on like Wikipedia and read the entire like episode synopsis. So I can like, my anxiety can calm down. No. <laughs> and do then I not come that. at me with that.
0: That's but I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So love is blind came out
1: less than two weeks ago. Yeah. When did you start watching it? Okay, so I didn't even hear about it for over a week. Yeah. Literally, we just started watching it maybe 3 days ago. Mhm. I didn't hear about it. Abby knows, but maybe you guys know. I'm just not one to be on the up and up with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like I don't know what's new, I don't know what's coming. I don't see trailers for things, whatever. So like hadn't heard of it. I'd seen it on Netflix, but there's a way now to turn off the default auto play. When you're just scrolling Netflix, mm. you know how like a trailer will pop up for that show or whatever, like literally nothing annoys me more than anything in the world. So I saw a BuzzFeed article about like how to turn that off. So like if you guys are annoyed by that, it's just in your settings. So like Google it and it's new now for you to be able to turn it off. So I turned off autoplay as soon as I saw it like two or three weeks ago. So I think I had like seen it in Netflix, but I since the trailer never got to autoplay, I didn't really fully understand it. I also hate, despise, do not like reality TV. Like, literally, don't. I've never watched The Bachelor. Big Brother, Survivor, like no shows contestant wise like that I have ever enjoyed. And so I immediately just kind of wrote it off. Then like three nights ago, we're scrolling Netflix to try to find something to watch. And Brian was like, oh my God, you have to watch this trailer. And I said, I heard of this because I heard Young House Love has a podcast. They were talking about how they started watching it, but she's also a big Housewives." fan. And I'm like, oh, if you like Housewives, I'm not going to like this show. So anyways, he was like, you have to watch this trailer. It's ridiculous. So we watched the trailer and I like kind of looked at him. We're laying in bed and I said, I kind of want to watch it. He said, are you for real? Because we're both just like not into reality TV. And I said, yeah, I kind of want to start it. And so he was like, okay, I can't believe we're doing this, but let's watch it. We watched three (laughs) episodes that night. Yeah. And every night after we put Penny in bed, I go, can we watch our trash television show? And he goes, yeah. It like comes in and sits on the couch and we watch it. And it is amazing.
0: Now, the thing with this show is that, okay, so first of all, I've been a bachelor, bachelorette person. I follow in like, don't like that I follow what happens <laughs> in that world. And I have for a long time, but I've, I never got into survivor. I did when biggest loser was on AB. Was it on ABC? I'm pretty sure it was ABC. I watch every single one. So I'm not offended by reality TV, but a lot <laughs> of it is so junky and whatever, but this isn't about that. This is about why do we think this worked? So I think there's a couple of things. First of all,
1: They introduce this show first for people who don't have Netflix or maybe haven't heard of this show. Let's like just give a brief like description of the show so we can move on. Sure. Okay, so it is a reality TV show. It's a dating show. There's 20 guys and there's 20 girls. And there's I thought there was only 10 of each. Oh no, there's 10 of each. You're right because there's 10 couples now. So 10 guys, 10 girls. They're separated. And the idea is for them to, without ever seeing each other, date and try to find someone who you wanna have a deeper connection with. So you like do speed dating with all the guys and girls. And then you kind of rule out some of them where you're like, I only wanna talk to this person or I only wanna talk to these two or three people. And you narrow it down, narrow it down over the literal days. And then uh-huh. you're left with one person who you're like literally dating through this pod, through a wall without ever seeing them. And the concept is, is, Will they end up getting engaged without ever seeing each other? Once uh-huh. you're engaged, you do get to see each other for the first time. So then will you stay engaged? And then like they go on vacation together. Will you stay together after that? And then they move in together. Will you stay together after that? But it's all of this really shortened timeline because there's only four weeks from start to finish of when you don't know this person to when you're supposed to say I do and get married. And so right. the finale has to happened. So we don't know who's saying I do yet. Uh-huh. But we do know who the couples are. Now, the interesting thought with
0: this, uh, so I asked, I don't know why it came up with my dad, but it did. And he was like, so like the dating game? And I was like, no, but I get where you're going. There's so we've
1: versions of that. So
0: we've had shows around since the 70s of where people are trying to see if they can fall in love
1: without I seeing each like other. the dating game. That was good.
0: But this is not like that. This is this to me feels like circa AIM days where you would like talk to people on the internet, but you never really knew them and you didn't really know what they looked like. But it's in person. And so it can be like really deep. Also, AIM was super dangerous, but that's not the point of this. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like First of all, I think there was a lot of psychology that went in behind this that we do not see before the right. show in terms of like who they
1: actually pick to be on the and show. Those are the – like if anyone is listening who works on this show or knows someone who might, I would love to pick your brain because I was just talking about a, well, Brian a friend last of my friend works with Kelly. Okay. Okay. So we're a little bit closer. So what I want to know is that vetting process. Okay. There are some relationships that we didn't even see play out on air. Like, I don't know if those were extras. I don't know if they just weren't enticing enough for television, but like truly. Like 10 people disappeared. Right. Literally disappeared. What was the interview process like to make sure that, okay, some of these people are going to be compatible just based on our research and our science that we're putting into this And then Mm -hmm. they obviously have to take it from there as as human beings. But I would love to know what truly was the vetting process. Yeah.
0: So the whole point is they're trying to figure out if you remove the like the intimacy side, the physical attraction, if you can't see the person and you're truly getting to know who someone is because when you're forced to talk to someone through a wall it's not even like going on a blind date cuz at a blind date you can talk about the weather you can talk about whatever but like in this situation you're literally not seeing the other person and so i th- i just feels to me like early high school conversations i had on the phone with my boyfriend where i was like trying to figure out everything about who they like, were they and
1: headphones. yeah yeah. Um, so when we, before we hit record, we are kind of throwing around ideas on how this relates back to business. And for me, the biggest piece is exactly that. Where so many people are trying to build relationships online with yeah. their clients and customers. You're trying yeah. to get someone who doesn't know you, who's never met you, who maybe has never seen you, get to like you and trust you enough to buy something from you. Mm-hmm. And I am in the camp of... Me giving you my dollars in exchange for something is a very intimate relationship. And I do think there has to be a lot of trust there. When it's something Mm -hmm. like past like, you know, me just going to like Target and buying a lamp, I feel like that's different. Again, I'm in person. I can see the things and like Target has built this brand. But like if I'm spending money on someone to redesign my brand or take my pictures or coach me in health. I feel like there has to be such a long dating period, whether that be me just taking in their content or me chatting with them or whatever that looks like in order for me to feel comfortable to make that purchase. And so I see a lot of similarities in the progression of these relationships in how we've even treated clients and customers and how I see people online trying to do it as well. Do
0: you think it's the level of vulnerability that like... Yes. So when you think about business and then when you think about relationships, your willingness to like dig past the surfacey crap and like actually get into it is so important in business. While I could definitely look polished and professional and have like this Instagram perfect feed and do all the things you might be attracted to that, but the likelihood of you buying from that is a lot lower than me going into detail about my life and everything that's going on and what makes me relatable as a human and like my hurt and the things I've been through. And I honestly think this is a lot of the reason why someone like Rachel Hollis has gotten as much traction as she has. Like she literally posted a picture of herself yesterday with an eye patch on. And she was talking about nerve pain Mm -hmm. that she had after she had Bell's palsy three times, which if you guys do not know much about that, it literally your face droops and like goes numb. It is like no small thing. Her opening up about that. while some people might be like, that's weird and unrelated. Mm -hmm. I'm sure for some people, they're also like, she knows what pain feels like. And I've been there too. And while my pain may be different. I feel like she's just as human and goes through all the things. Because if you get to a point in business, I feel like, and I know we've witnessed this, where people start to put you on a pedestal that is literally unnecessary. We are more the same than we are different. And unless you have that vulnerability piece, it's hard for people to even recognize that. So I feel like on the show, the reason it's doing so well is I mean, I don't normally see men opening up like this in any other dating situation I've ever seen Within two or three days. Right. So they're like talking about and it's hard because they really don't you don't see full conversations with anyone. So you're just kind of putting together pieces, but you can tell like. They're digging into like how they grew up and things that made them who they are and their failures and what they really value. And you can tell who's a mama's boy
1: and who's not. And well, I think it's, you know, it's that authentic connection between finding We all want to have something similar with someone else. That that's what helps create those bridges and those connections with each other. And so that's what they're trying to create here is like talking 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 in order to identify something that we can connect on or relate to and have in common. And what I found really interesting and I think this can tie back to to some business. So a lesson we've learned in business is that while we might be a certain type of business owner or type of person and type of action taker or, you know, a certain Enneagram type or whatever it may be, our students might not be that same mirror, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. can look to us for guidance and support in something that, okay, I see how they can help me here because they're this type, even though I'm a different type. And what I found really interesting in one of the relationships, there's a guy, so it's Barnett, who mm-hmm. is liking three women. And he has Mm. to tell two of them that it's not going to work out. And Mm. I, did you call it right? Did you know he was going to pick Amber? I wasn't sure if he was going to pick Amber or Jessica. So Brian thought LC, you thought Amber or Jess. I knew Jess was out. She's problematic. There's a lot of stuff I have to say about Jess. I knew he was going to pick Amber literally from the first minute because really, when he talked about So I knew Jess wasn't going to work out because she's a hot mess. Brian thought LC, but I said,
0: "He said,
1: he has said more than once that we're the same person. And I feel like now I know like everyone says in relationships wise, like opposites attract or sometimes like your partner is so similar to you in a lot of ways. But I feel like we want something similar for connection, but we don't need you to be the same person.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: in business wise I see so many people so many business owners trying to be this chameleon for their clients or their audience members mm. let me let me shapeshift into who I think you want me to be today and I think that's doing you more harm than good It's not that they're lying about who they are,
0: but it's just like trying to appeal to too many of the people. Well, and I think that's an important point. So there's a lot of dynamics about this show that are not being shown. And I, if they did a whole behind the scenes, I I want to see that. So good. Okay. But here's because I think there's some components of this that are why it's working. Sure, they're removing that element of having to see that person, and if you if you immediately are like, mm, I don't know if they're my type, then like you put some walls up with this, if you fall in love first, you're more likely to see the things you do love about that person when you do eventually see them. But what they don't show, and I, I think goes back to how this could work for you in your business. I think in that same vein, we're trying to appeal to too many people and what they did without sh- showing us, is I think they knew who was going to be together before they were together. I agree. And so with that being said, you need to know who's going to buy from you before they know they're going to buy from you. Does that make sense? Like you have to be so clear on who your target market is to the point on which you're only speaking to that person. And I thought for a long time, I've been the same person where everyone's like niching down is scary. And like, if you're only talking to one person, like you won't ever appeal to anyone else, and blah, blah, blah. So in my second business, this is hard for me to like, say out loud, because obviously, I want to help all the people. My target market, my person is a woman who has low self confidence, who's more than 100 pounds overweight, and likely has a plethora of other health conditions. And I don't necessarily say those words because people feel kind of like weird and icky about that. But I know that person so well because I've been her and like understand what she's going through and I'm steps ahead. So like you need to be okay with even if it's not something you would ever say out loud of I know this thing about this kind of person.
1: Well in a similar vein, just for another example, Laura who we had on the show who talked about cycle syncing with your business and your yeah. cycle and your partner and all of those things. She her and I chatted afterwards privately and she talked about how I was very much her ideal client. These are the type of people she works with, but she got super specific where she said, I am finding myself starting to take only women who have these hormonal imbalances, but are already working out, and are already like taking care of themselves like by drinking water and like eating good foods like they don't need that mental shift on like oh i also need to care for my body they have this specific hormonal thing that they need working out and they're already relatively healthy and so i was like i love that you know that right you don't want to help someone create a workout regimen you want them to already know and have tackled that on their own and are already have the like drive to do that and so i found that really interesting
0: yeah so i think our tendency is to try to make this target is more like a group. People fit into this group. right? But the more (laughs) it sounds like it could only be one person, honestly, the more people I think you will attract, which sounds weird. But like the conversations I'm having behind the scenes with these people, I'm like, whoa, you guys are all The same, but it makes my job easier in the same vein because because I know what roadblocks they're gonna have, because I know what mental things they're gonna have to go through, because I know what they're already thinking about and where they're frustrated. And the same as in business. I think Emily and I, even this far into business, have been hesitant to like really narrow it down. Because people ask all the time, like, who are you talking to? Who are you serving? It's like, well, they're creative small business owners. And at this point, I could say they're creative small business owners who want to earn a full time income from what it is they do, but I don't know how much more specific I could get other than the fact that they're women, right, yeah, maybe I could say an age range, nah. but like I think we're still trying to catch this like group rather than a yeah. person
1: i I still feel that way some days for sure. I do feel like though we've gotten really good at our messaging being super clear. So like you might be in your 40s or 50s or 20s, you might be like a mom or don't want kids. Like that part is irrelevant. But like if you learn in this way, if you're ready to like take quick action, if you, you know, insert whatever thing that we do differently here, I feel like that's where we've shifted a lot more and Uh that definitely helped. So I do feel like there's kind of two sides of the niching coin, right? Of like, who you're serving. Are you getting super specific on that? Or how are you serving them? Like we have made over the years, some non-compromises on how we want to serve and not serve our students. And so I think because we don't offer some things or because we don't show up in this certain way, it also attracts and weeds people out because of that. Mm -hmm. But when you have this intention in the beginning,
0: so While the show didn't show us this, I don't think the guys or the girls came in knowing who they wanted.
1: No, no. I also don't feel like some of them came in knowing who they wanted to be. And I'm seeing- Their own self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that towards the end where when they're living together, obviously, yeah, you're in the same space. You're moving in. Those are like, it's hard enough on its own let alone you've known this person for three weeks. I feel like there's... So I'm just... If you guys are watching the show, it'll make a lot more sense to you, but I'm just going to start talking about characters. So Kelly and Kenny to me are the most like Mm -hmm. in sync. Mm -hmm. And like they're super non-dramatic. I do feel like they're like getting into their flow really nicely. Cameron and Lauren, really similar. They have the race dynamic. That's just going to be like their kind of diversity issue. But I think (laughs) Lauren has more questions than Cameron. 100%. 100%. But I feel like... Jess and Mark are a hot-ass mess. No, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. She wants to be the type of person she was in the pod, but as soon as she's out of the pod and you're a living, breathing human again who who people can see you and you can see other people, I think she finds it hard to be the type of person that she could be in the pod.
0: Yeah, it was almost like the pod brought out – parts of her that she doesn't want to be public or she doesn't want to, she isn't willing to shift that socially. Yeah. Because if you were to just look at who makes more sense for her life while it was a hot mess, Barnett is I don't more. Think he
1: does, though. I think she thinks that he does. I know because she, she doesn't know the type of person he wants to be. And like she gets so, and again, I see this in business owners where she's getting so hung up on things that she literally can't change and can't control. And she's letting that be the impact in, well, this is what I've always done. So I'm going to continue that. And this is clearly going to be an issue. So it's it's always going to be an issue. And Mm -hmm. I see so many people doing that in their life and work, especially when they're just getting started in the sense of like, talking about what they're selling and what they're offering and being confident in the thing that they're putting out into the world, they make all of these assumptions that everyone else is going to make about them. And then it becomes their reality. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this is like a case of, it just reminds me of me trying to be someone that I wasn't in the beginning, not because I didn't think I wasn't that person, but because I thought that's who I was supposed to be. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For instance, just as background for those of you who don't remember. So I started out as a graphic designer, but I came from a very corporate world. So up until this point, my portfolio was very masculine, very corporate, not my taste personally, but I didn't think I even knew what my taste was because I hadn't had the ability to explore it. And so then when I started my business, I thought it needed to be XYZ, which at the time was like soft, light, feminine. I'm not soft, light, feminine. I just thought if I was going to be successful, that's the mold I had to fit into. And so my question to you guys is... Don't pull a Jessica <laughs> and try to fit yourself into what you think you need to be. I think what she's struggling with now is she leaned into who she is. Mm-hmm. And now that scares her because it means changing her life after the show. Yep. Yep. And so for you, well, you, you think- perhaps being yourself for the first time ever could be really scary. Yeah. get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's monarchmone
1: dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and what I see happening is that business owners, and sometimes there's healthy boundaries around this, and it's totally fine. But what I see is business owners who are starting a business and they're like, okay, I'm going to show up online. I'm going to do video. I'm going to talk to my clients. I'm going to do this. So this is the type of persona that I want to be. And this is the type of person I want to be. But if you're picking someone who's so far off your comfort zone and doesn't really feel authentic, that isn't sustainable. And Mm -hmm. so if you're trying to show up as someone because that's who you truly hope to be in the world... If it's too far off, it just isn't gonna last. And so I really strongly encourage you to find that happy balance of, yeah, like it's totally okay to be a cooler version of yourself online. I definitely am. To be a little bit more outgoing or, you know, show up as the red lipstick wearing person when maybe you don't wear that at home. That part's totally fine. But like in your inner core, are you the same person? Because what I find interesting is that along the same line of conversation, I think Barnett did the opposite. So he was a person in the pod who he thought he had to be sarcastic, kind of a douche. I hated him, hated him. He was my least favorite for a long time. And now Jess Mm -hmm. is my least favorite, but out of the pod. And once he like tied it down with Amber and they are like, I think they are really good together. And I think his sarcastic qualities are still there because it is part of his personality, but it doesn't come across as rude. Like it used to, he is having good conversations with Amber and a, I just feel like, okay, that to me makes sense where you maybe have to felt like you had to be this different person because you're nervous or like you want to be the funny guy or whatever. But coming out of that, he seems much more real.
0: Yeah. So, like you mentioned, say you don't really wear lipstick, but like you always wear lipstick on a webinar. P.S. That's what we did for several years of our business. I think you can be like the upgraded version of who you are, but. If you're only that person, I think you become unrelatable to an extent. So I think there has to be a balance of maybe you show up that way on a webinar or like in a polished setting, but you have to be willing to show up as yourself, at least some portion of the time. Yeah. Like 100% yourself, like without any filter or sometimes I literally mean filter, but other times (laughs) I also mean just like fully leaning into who you are. Cause I think if you are willing to show some sense of insecurity Mm -hmm. and I don't like the word vulnerability because I think it implies you like letting things, air out that perhaps are not necessary. Right. But if you're willing to be yourself too, I think that quirkiness makes you more fun or like makes you more interesting or makes you seem more, again, I don't like the word relatable, but that's what (laughs) it comes down to. People want to see a reflection of themselves and other people. And if you seem to, like there's a couple of people I follow that I think try to be more badass online than they are in reality. And I'm like- do you really wear a leather coat and Converse every day? I don't think so. <laughs> I think you sit around in your Comic-Con t-shirts and like are in total nerd and that's fine. <laughs> Other things that I've seen in the show that I think are just good things to note. Are you willing to tell people no? Because I feel like there's some people pleasers in the audience. <laughs> And some people who are like really sticking to their guns about stuff.
1: Yeah, I feel like the lesson that I would take away for business is I think that in the speed dates, a lot of people ruled out a lot of people really quickly. And if I could give you that gift to do in not only with clients and customers, because that's definitely a part of it, but also things that just aren't working in your business. And yes. I feel like so often we cling on to all of these whether it be a software or a marketing tactic or a client or a piece of content or whatever it might be as the lifeline to our business of, okay, but I'm going to keep this thing around because it might make me feel this way, or it might give me these results or whatever. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like if you're keeping on too much dead weight, like the whole thing isn't going to be able to take off. And I feel like that's what these contestants did. Contestants? Participants? It's not like a game. Well, though. they all
0: they all said they were part of an experiment, so I almost yeah. feel like they were
1: lab rats. These little lab rats. Yeah, they keep calling it an experiment, which is super funny. Also, slash, did you know it was going to be hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey? I'm like, where have these two been? But like, they're not really
0: there. They're there no. for like five seconds. Yeah,
1: it's they're super not weird.
0: They're not like Chris Harrison is for The Bachelor. He is really good at his role so good. For real though.
1: (laughs) But anyways, I I just think their ability to filter really quickly is a skill we could all get better at. Because
0: I think we're more willing to do this in other areas of our life. For instance, when you're a kid and your mom says you need to eat your vegetables, I guarantee you (laughs) the first time you tried a couple of different vegetables, you made decisions real quick, which ones you liked and didn't like, right? Why can't we be That version when it comes to business. For instance, I know it's harder because it's convoluted and complicated, but it's really easy to listen to episodes and people are like, whether it's a podcast or advice on Instagram or whatever. And people are like, oh my God, the thing right now is insert literally anything. (laughs) For me, I feel like everyone talks about video all the time. And I'm not afraid to do video. Okay. I'm not afraid to be on camera. I'm not afraid to go live or do all the things. I just don't like how much extra work it takes (laughs) to edit, get stuff on YouTube, to do all the other steps. And I could sit here and be like, well, my business is not going to grow until I like sit down and force myself to do this thing that I have no desire to do. But if you keep telling yourself that, I feel like you're self sabotaging, not only in the sense that perhaps there is a strategy that could work for you, but more so than that, you're not even leaning into what is working already. What if instead of worrying about what the next new hip thing is, you like doubled down on what was already being effective for you? Yeah. Because in this way, where they're like, picking through the people and like quickly identifying who makes sense for them. I think Cameron and Lauren are a great example. I think Cameron has a clearer idea of what he wants and who he wants to be with and all of that. Lauren, I think she spent the majority of her life trying to be the person she thought she was supposed to be because of her parents. And so like her being with a white man just at all regardless of who it is, yeah, it's just like a
1: lot for her to handle. It's a lot to process. Well, and this is her first interracial relationship and not his. And so right. he well, we had time to process this, you know, where she hasn't. And I know she's taking – she's now bringing in, okay, all of the assumptions and biases that my parents are going to have or my friends are going to have or whatever into her feelings for Cameron. And she's, I think, having a harder time separating those two. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'm curious, because you haven't watched The Bachelor, why do you feel like you were willing to watch this show over The Bachelor or other similar dating shows?
1: I think – well, I was definitely – I don't know necessarily the willingness. It it sounded cool. It was different. And then after the first episode, I knew I would like it. I think to me it's a little bit different because there is a little less drama, and it's more about the relationships with the couples instead of mm-hmm. so many people vetting for attention for one person. And I just mm. that dynamic like irks me, where I'm like, "You think you're hot shit? Like, calm down." And I so I definitely like that. There's like every girl gets a guy, like like every person has their own relationship to worry mm. about. Then of course there's inner dynamics between everyone, but that's not the focus. Have you ever watched Bachelor in Paradise?
0: Mm-mm. Okay. Well, in that vein, everyone has a couple, but the drama is still way higher in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But I
1: think part there's of that more, just less drama in this one. I
0: think it's because they while they like live together, they don't live together in the same house, house. Right. Yeah, like they're in their own apartment mm-hmm. in the same complex. Yeah. Which is also weird, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just but to me
1: of- the focus then is more on each individual relationship instead of the group kind of sabotaging everyone. Although Jess is doing a really good job of that. I also feel like The first episode, obviously we kept watching, but it was to me the most awkward just because there was so much small talk and small talk is always awkward for me to do and be a part of and watch. And that's all episode, like day one and day two were just small talk, small talk, small talk, because they're just trying to speed date everyone. And you're like, oh my God, if I hear from one more person, I'm from here and I like dogs and blah, blah, blah. Like, let's get past that. (laughs) So again, with the small talk
0: with your business, no one gives a shit. I don't know. It's interesting to me because I think in comparison... So I've watched or attempted to watch other, for lack of a better term, attempts to beat The Bachelor as a competitor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's, oh gosh, something hotel, Paradise Hotel, I think. And there's a couple of them. They all feel like, I mean, clearly there's less money involved in production. So like, that's part of it, but they all are just so they're trying to make stuff work that just simply isn't working. And I also think casting wise, like the caliper of people they're putting on the shows, I'm like, why in the earth did you think this mm-hmm. was gonna? I mean, maybe it was, it's such a disaster that they think people will watch for that reason, but I literally yeah. couldn't handle it. But this was the first one where I was like, okay, I'll lean into it. And maybe it was because there was that scientific component that like, it could be a total train wreck or it could work. Mm -hmm. And like feeling that from the very beginning of which one is it going to be? And now I can't, now I'm too in it to not pay attention to what the end result is going to be. But trying to figure out why for the first time, Love is Blind actually had more watchers than The Bachelor.
1: That's I think part of it,
0: I mean, well, first of all, The Bachelor's been around for, I don't even know how many seasons it's been. Well over a dozen, but like, I don't know if we're in the yeah, 20s I yet mean, or not, because like it's confusing. 15 plus. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, because they have multiple seasons per year and wow. Bachelor in Paradise doesn't count as a season. So it's confusing. But nonetheless, I think part of it is. Peter and, like, his final – he has four – he just did his hometown dates. Next Monday, they'll have, like, the final three and da, 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 da Well, they just had the final three. I'm a liar. So we're, like, rounding the corner. But that show currently, I feel like, has been the worst final four
1: in the history <laughs> of the show.
0: And so I don't think he's going to marry anyone. And so I feel like a lot of people – Decide to jump trains because they're like, I feel like this is gonna work out, and Peter's just that's not happening for Probably. him, so yeah. but I also think the way in which the show is produced is a new spin on human behavior that we haven't seen play out before, yeah, because they they're releasing the whole season in a very shortened time frame, I think less than thirty days we get all of it yeah
1: it was like three episodes and, at a and time it came or out two, yeah, two or
0: three episodes at a time come out, and because of that, I think it like feeds into that like binge mentality that we're seeing in other areas of like the way human behavior is working,
1: yeah, I'm in the camp of I can't wait for another season like i I want more information, and I'm willing to like I already know that. If they do any sort of follow-up like Bachelor has for their people, I will watch it. And like, I want the roundtable discussions after. Like, I want to know everything. Oh, it'll be a thing.
0: They can't... At this point, they can't not. I think this is just a testament to how the entertainment industry is changing. Because for the last... Has it been two years? Three years? I mean, not... It's very short an amount of time that this is the first time content has ever been released to such a massive audience without having another paygate or without a major network being involved. So f- what I mean by that is now movies are being produced directly for Netflix, directly for Hulu, and they're not necessarily going to the theater. Not that that hasn't been done for a long time, but it has always been that like you could see through the production like... The production just wasn't of the same caliber. It was like a giant waste of your time. It was like the Hallmark movies, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're you're just like, really? It's the same story a thousand times over. So I feel like because Hulu and Netflix specifically have more money to invest, they are getting
1: more A-list actors to do the things. Well, yeah. I mean, did you see the last awards season? There was like hardly – and like 10% of the nominees were network shows. Everything else was Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And like you don't even notice anymore because so many of us are watching
0: through these apps anyway that like what network it was originally on is less important to us. Whereas when we were kids – I don't know about you, but it felt like we always had the same channel on and like we just tended to watch the same network over and over again. We were an ABC family.
1: (laughs) Well, my family was weird.
0: (laughs) Your family was weird. Mm -hmm. But I think this is interesting because this is really, this is the first reality show produced not by a network Mm -hmm. that has taken off because the other ones have not done well. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm so proud because of it. I think, that, I think there's,
0: I think they're going to be, there's going to be more. I think we're going to see a lot more things that come and go quickly. I know you watched the, what is it? What's it about cats? It was freaky. What oh, was that show called? Cats Don't
1: fuck with cats. Like, I feel like that was talked about for like four days. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's like, I will be interested to see if they are able to create a similar cult following like The Bachelor has with a reality show. Because they've done it for some things like Stranger Things, Mindhunter, stuff like that. I'm sure there's other shows that I'm not thinking of that we just don't watch that are definitely like, oh, I can't wait till the next season. And there's like a fan base around it. But it's not a lot of their shows that have that.
0: Yeah. Most of the things it's like, It's like a one-hit wonder. It does well. And then we all forget about it two weeks from now. So I'll be curious. I think part of it, because they released it so quickly, they're going to have to release another show really quickly, especially if they're going to do it in the manner they did. Because with The Bachelor, I think the reason it does have such a cult following is, for the most part, it's every week. And then in terms of breaks, like they're not taking huge... Right seasonal breaks like some of the other shows are like where they'll be off for four months at a time it's usually like four to six weeks tops then there's a new season and then they do summer stuff with like bachelor in paradise but i think the reason it keeps going is like they're carrying characters from one season to the next and like you get invested in certain characters and while We call them characters. They're actually real human beings that also (laughs) have social followings, which we didn't actually dig into much on this show. But I did look into some of the Love is Blind cast on Instagram to see what they were like there. Because historically speaking, Bachelor contestants, for lack of a better term, a lot of them use it as a platform to boost a social following that they can then go off and essentially be influencers because they will get several of them will get into the several hundred thousand followers half a million or even a million or more followers in a season depending on how far they go but because of the short time frame like for instance oh my gosh i'm like blanking on her name she's the hispanic woman with blonde hair Gigi, Gigi's following on Instagram as of a couple of days ago was only one hundred and forty thousand, mm. and you can tell that it's happened in a. I mean, obviously, it's happened in a very short time span right. because the show hasn't been out very long. But I'll be, I'll be curious to see if that plays out into a more long-term business strategy for these people because she was clearly already modeling,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: a lot of Bachelor contestants were previously yeah I don't know I think it's all a gamble I feel like this is like the beginning of MTV in a way like back (laughs) in the day yeah when shows were just starting and I could go on all day with what this could do for business and what you could take away from this but in general what's your like top two takeaways and I'll give you mine
1: yeah, so I think, and, and I know we've kind of touched on these a little bit, but my top two are, are definitely about like deciding what version of yourself that you want to be and make sure it's sustainable. You're more than welcome to be the sparklier version, the cooler version, the more confident version, whatever, but definitely gut checking yourself to make sure that you actually like that person and maybe choosing some qualities that can help you in your real life, your like day to day, right? I know that me choosing to be super confident in business has helped me be more confident in my real life. So maybe pick qualities that can be in both worlds for you. Also, going back to the small talk versus in-depth conversations, I think this is something that I personally struggle with. And so it was really interesting for me to have this takeaway from the show in the sense of I hate having small talk in person. It's literally like as an Enneagram three, as my type of personality, there's nothing more a waste of time than just being like, so what? what's your job? Where do you live? What do you do? Like, I hate those questions. And so I've been very particular about the group of people that are in my life who like the second they come into my house and sit down for wine, we're like already having really good, deeper conversations. However, I have realized I have a hard time transitioning or translating that into my brand online. And I feel like even in my personal brand, that all I do is have small talk. And it's very rare for me to have like an actual in-depth real conversation. And so I'm trying to, to get better at that and feel out why it's a struggle for me and all of that stuff. That's interesting. So I think my thing on top
0: of the figuring out who you want to be is figuring out who you want to attract and not just being willing to be okay with a group. Because I think if you can nail it down to someone that seems so specific, I will tell you already that, and I know people have said this, but truly you will bring people into your life that do not fit those qualities. They will still buy from you. Yeah. But if you talk to one person with one person in mind, as you're like ideal dreamy, you will find there are more people like them than you even thought possible, but you have to be specific. Like, we had someone launch their business last week, and I was like, that is so specific. So, she previously was a wedding card designer and she did a lot of calligraphy and whatever. And while she loved that, what she loved the most was interacting with. The in-client. She loved the process of working with the bride and like organizing all of that. So instead of like trying to work through also being a calligrapher and managing that, now she's a VA for just other calligraphers mm. and interacting with the in-client so they can focus more on the calligraphy side of their business. Like that sounds so crazy specific, mm-hmm. but. I think because it's so crazy specific, she's going to get really good business from it. And I have this other woman that also in the VA space – She's doing virtual paralegal work for like Mm. smaller law offices. So people that are going off on their own because that's becoming more commonplace for like lawyers Mm -hmm. to break off and instead of like going
1: to a firm and like trying to make partner, that they're doing work online. That's her side hustle right now. She literally just started like a month ago, and she's doing that. It happened to be a neighbor, so she she found it because someone actually approached her about it. But yeah, she has a home office now, and has a very decent side hustle income coming from VA paralegal work. But like that may seem so specific, but
0: it isn't. Like Mm because there are millions of people on this planet, billions of people on this planet. (laughs) How many people are there? A lot. I don't know. There are a lot of people (laughs) out there. And (laughs) so I think being willing to be super specific, you will find other people that fit your mold. And then my other takeaway is be willing – to pick apart things that are not part of your industry to understand how business works. Yeah. So us doing this show to talk about (laughs) how the show relates to business. I know this seems a little goofy and perhaps mostly just so Emily and I can talk about the show. I also think there's just a lot to be learned from businesses that are 100% not related to things we do. And if we can take a little bit t- of time to figure out why they work or what makes them tick, there's something we can take away and implement in our own business. So
1: if you keep have your your eyes eyes open, watch Love is Blind and then DM us over on Instagram at Boss Project, all of your thoughts as you process them, OK? Yeah. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op,
0: our creative template shop membership